Welcome to Classroom Quest K-12, where the art of teaching embarks on an epic gaming adventure. I'm your host, Stephanie Seagroves, bringing over a decade of teaching experience to this educational quest. This podcast is a rallying point for educators, combining the thrill of gaming with transformative teaching strategies. Here we use the mastery gamification methodology to overcome student apathy and engage students in their own hero journey. So grab a cup of coffee and get ready because you and I are about to launch our quest. Hey teacher friend, I'm glad you're here and thank you for tuning into Classroom Quest K-12 today. This is episode seven and today we're talking about student motivation for success and why learning should be fun. Before we get started, let's review our magical equation for student success. Most teachers believe that, with enough time, effort, and support, any student can learn anything, and we see few exceptions to this belief. We likely wouldn't have gone into teaching if we didn't believe this. But that begs the question, if these really are the keys to student learning, what systems do we have in place to give students enough time and support? What systems do we have to make it worth the student's time to give effort? Today, we're focusing on the effort part of this secret formula. Mastery gamification can help put the system in place. Have you ever wondered if you're actually reaching your students? Are you ever worried that you sound like Charlie Brown's teacher just droning on and on? Wah, wah, wah. We know that both adults and students need to have interest in a concept to actually do well with it. If teachers are completely irrelevant to students, and there is no motivation for the student to learn the subject, why would students spend their valuable time on something that they have no interest in whatsoever? That's why learning should be fun. The Mastery Gamification methodology aims to balance fun and learning for students in the classroom. When we take a look at why anyone does anything, we're talking about motivation. Most educators know about intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. Intrinsic motivation is when the student finds motivation within themselves to complete a task or learn a concept. Extrinsic motivation is when the motivation comes from a source outside the student. Within intrinsic and extrinsic motivation, there are many different types of motivation from many different sources. Intrinsic motivation could be simply because the student enjoys what they're learning, so they're motivated to learn. This is why learning should be fun. Students may enjoy the challenge of a new subject or the sense of pride it brings to accomplish something difficult. Extrinsic motivation includes things like social status or material rewards from parents or teachers. It can also be something like living up to the expectations that an important person in their life has for them. Or even the very traditional extrinsic motivator of grades. Students who do well in school and adults who do well at their career will often use a combination of both intrinsic and extrinsic motivation sources. I know that most teachers are motivated to do the job we do by a deep sense of intrinsic motivation because we care about kids. Yet you would be hard-pressed to find an educator who refuses their paycheck because their intrinsic motivation is sufficient to get them to stay at school eight hours with children every day. Students are no different. They also often use a combination of intrinsic and extrinsic motivation to succeed in school. Again, 
This is why learning should be fun. I feel like it's important to remind ourselves that all people, adults and students, need a combination of intrinsic and extrinsic motivation to succeed at a particular task. Because sometimes, as educators, we want all students to only be motivated by the purest form of intrinsic motivation simply for the sake of learning. Personally, I am very fond of the subject I teach. I teach Spanish. Who wouldn't be? And I would love for every student who comes through my door to become as passionate about speaking Spanish as I am. I want them all to work hard for that sense of pride that they will find when they carry on a full conversation in Spanish. However, that fantasy simply isn't realistic. We can sometimes have unrealistic expectations for the motivations that students need in order to succeed. Some teachers would prefer students to come in, sit down silently, take notes, worship at the feet of the genius educator, and receive complete internal fulfillment by the learning bestowed in the classroom. That's just not reality, and that's why learning should be fun. I would argue that the motivations that students need to learn have changed in the past 10 to 20 years, and there are many possible reasons for it. Perhaps it's that family values have changed and don't prioritize education as much. Maybe it's overuse of technology shortening attention spans. It could be that degrees don't count for as much as they used to, so the payout from having a degree is less than it used to be. It could be many things, but honestly, the way it's happened is somewhat irrelevant. The fact is that students need different motivation and different engagement than they used to, which is why learning should be fun now. So, unless we want to turn into irrelevant robots with the voice of Charlie Brown's teacher, we need to find different ways to motivate and engage our students. Mastery gamification aims to engage students by balancing fun and academic expectations in the classroom. I'll tell you why learning should be fun. If students look forward to a class being fun, they are more likely to give their full effort in that class. Mastery gamification uses the rules of video games to help engage students, making learning fun and to raise academic expectations. Let's take a look at it. One of the main elements that mastery gamification borrows from video games is the concept of making the student the hero of a story. Everybody loves stories. We love stories because they reflect reality and often give us hope for future changes or help us overcome the mundane aspects of our lives. In a video game, the player will receive, create, or customize an avatar, and that avatar becomes a representation of the player in a fictional world. The hero will hear the call of adventure or receive a special mission, and they will have obstacles put in their way that they have to overcome to complete that mission. Along the way, the player will meet new friends and allies, make some enemies, and ultimately complete their mission as long as they stick with it and complete the necessary tasks. In mastery gamification, students also customize their avatar in the classroom and enter into a fictional world created by the teacher, the guide. This story includes an ultimate goal of their mission that students will eventually accomplish. The story includes characters, friends, and enemies, as well as tasks that the students will complete. 
this world of a story where the students are the hero and the hero has to defeat a big boss at the end is so much more interesting than a student who sits in class, takes notes, and passes a test. Or maybe doesn't pass the test. Traditional classrooms are often boring. <laughs> Sorry, I said it. And this is why learning should be fun. The element of the interactive story helps to draw the students into this interesting new fictional world where they get to be the hero. Another aspect of fun that mastery gamification takes from video games is immediate feedback and celebration of accomplishments. In video games, players get a task that they need to complete. They may get a tutorial or training on how to accomplish the task, so that would be your teaching, and then they will attempt the task. That's practice. The player will either fail or complete the task, and they will get immediate feedback either way. If the player does poorly on the task, they will fail the mission. This is immediate feedback, and the player can immediately see what they've done wrong. Then they will have the chance to try the task again after they respawn at the beginning of the task. If the player is successful, they will often receive some sort of visual representation of the accomplishment. Many games give players badges or stars or some sort of trophy to commemorate the accomplishment of the task. This is both immediate feedback and a celebration of accomplishment. Once the first task has been successfully completed, the player will be able to move on to the next one. In Mastery Gamification, students work their way through levels in the classroom that end with them defeating the boss that the teacher has created. If the student fails to beat the boss, which means they fail to pass the test at the minimum mastery level required, they will get another chance to respawn and try again. Once the student beats the boss for that level, they receive their badge and can move on to the next level. It's very motivating and another reason why learning should be fun. It's important that the students get quick feedback on what they did right and wrong so that they can focus on the areas that need to be improved. Another aspect of fun taken from video games is the concept of clans or parties. In a video game, individual players can join up and work together to compete against other groups. This both helps to build a sense of camaraderie and motivate through healthy competition. In mastery gamification, these student groups become highly competitive and students encourage the people in their group to complete their necessary tasks so that their group can win. And that's why learning should be fun. These elements of fun taken from video games speak to the various forms of motivation that students need to succeed. Like most systems, mastery gamification will generally start with extrinsic motivation. Yet while many classes use grades as their main form of extrinsic motivation, mastery gamification makes the classroom experience more interesting through an interactive, fictional story that students can buy into by customizing their avatar and going on their mission. Students are also motivated by the visual representation of their accomplishment in the form of badges. They can get social status among their peers when their group ranks among the top groups in the class and will sometimes even receive material rewards when I offer to buy the top two ranking groups pizza at the end of the semester. Once extrinsic motivation has inspired students to give effort in the classroom, 
we start to focus on the intrinsic motivation that students are developing. Once students have success in the subject, they start to believe that the material is within their grasp. They realize from the evidence that they do have the ability to do the difficult tasks required of them in this subject. Once they have a few successes under their belt, students need to prove to themselves that they can continue to succeed and they use their past success as the evidence for this. So once they have some success due to extrinsic motivation, then they'll start to develop their intrinsic motivation. While mastery gamification uses video game rules to make learning more fun and motivating, we also use video game rules to increase academic expectations. In most traditional classrooms, the level required to pass the class is 60%. Depending on your school's policy, maybe a little more, a little less, but 60% is pretty standard. In order to pass the class in a traditional classroom, the average of all the material that the teacher grades needs to be at or above 60%. This could include tests, quizzes, extra credit, homework, participation, and many other things. Before I mastery gamified my classroom, I had some students pass my class without understanding the basics of my subject, and I found that incredibly disheartening. My class had become a series of hoops that students learned to jump through instead of a place for actual learning. Students would routinely fail tests, but then make up the difference in irrelevant extra credit or take homework answers from a friend and never actually learn. Mastery gamification helped me raise the academic expectations for students in my classroom, and now they're only graded on how well they master the content not on how high they jump through hoops. In video games, the hero cannot get to the final challenge without overcoming small challenges on the way. Challenges can be fun, and that's why learning should be fun. If a player does not beat the boss in level one, he cannot go on to level two. The player will have to respawn and try again until they succeed. To me, this has an easy application to schoolwork. In mastery gamification, Students must meet the minimum mastery level on level one before they can go on to level two. In a previous episode, I discussed how I recommend 75% to be the minimum mastery level because that's achievable for most students, but it's also a challenge for some. There are a few reasons why this going on to the next level once you've reached the mastery level is so effective. First of all, the teacher knows that the students understand the basics necessary before they move on to more advanced levels. If they're passing the test at 75%. You know they've grasped the basics. While this seems very simple and straightforward, it's rarely seen in modern classrooms. The more common approach is that students will be taught a topic, they will study, or not study, then take a test and receive a grade A through F then move on to the next topic. Why are we letting students who cannot demonstrate understanding at the basic levels move up to more advanced material? Students will often become increasingly frustrated as the material gets more difficult and will be able to understand less and less as the year progresses. Also, instead of building evidence that the student can do difficult things, 
this system is giving the students evidence that they're not good at the subject, that they can't do these difficult things. If they keep failing and failing without the opportunity to redo and relearn what they missed, that's evidence we don't want them to have. That's evidence that they are failures. Mastery gamification aims to give students evidence that they can succeed, not evidence that they will always fail. It just takes some students longer than others to grasp particular concepts. And there's nothing wrong with that. Another way this system raises academic expectations is because it works with how our brains are naturally wired. As teachers, we know that flashcards are often a good way to learn difficult material. If the flashcards are used correctly, it's a great way to study. The correct way is to try to answer the questions on the flashcards and, if you get it right, set that card aside. If you get it wrong, keep that card in the study pile until you can get it right. See, if we just look at the cards and don't bother to go over the difficult ones multiple times, our brain doesn't do much to help us learn. However, if we recognize where we're messing up and practice the part where we're messing up the most, the brain realizes that it needs to input new answers and we learn quicker. It's the same with the levels in a mastery gamification classroom. If we allow students to simply take a test, fail, and then move on, the brain does not realize that it has to change or learn. However, if students remain on one level with one challenge that they complete over and over until they get it, the brain realizes that the material is important enough to learn and actually engages with the learning. Another rule of video games that mastery gamification uses is that it's the boss battles that are the important tasks to become eligible to continue on. In my gradebook, I only grade boss battles, which are tests or quizzes. I don't grade homework. I don't give extra credit. All the learning experiences in the classroom help the students to prepare to demonstrate their learning. And then when they demonstrate that learning in a boss battle, then I give them a grade. Mastery gamification uses the rules of video games to balance fun and learning in the classroom. Student motivations have changed in the last 10 to 20 years, and that's why learning should be fun if we want to stay relevant to our students. Mastery gamification speaks to various forms of motivation that students need to succeed to help make learning fun while also increasing academic expectations. If you want to further engage your students while also increasing the academic expectations in your classroom, I hope that these ideas inspire you. If you're interested in using the mastery gamification methodology in your classroom, but it seems overwhelming, don't worry. Just start one step at a time. And if you need a little extra help, I'd love to guide you through the process so you can avoid the mistakes that I made when I was first mastery gamifying my classroom. If you'd like support on this journey, send me an email at stephanie at and join our Facebook group to interact with others who feel that education needs a little update. Now, let's see what's going on in a mastery gamified classroom. So, this week, I was hoping for my newly mastery gamified Spanish 2 class to complete their first boss battle for the level that we're currently on. However, 
<laughs> when I gave the students the practice boss battle to see how they would do, it failed miserably. See, I switched my Spanish 2 classroom in the middle of the year, and the expectations for my Mastery Gamified Spanish 2 classroom are higher than they were in the class previously. My Spanish 2 students were used to having weekly vocabulary quizzes and then have a unit test after several weeks. They were also used to having homework at least three times a week. It was really easy homework and counted for their grade. I was pondering why my students did so poorly despite their increased engagement since we started the Mastery Gamified level. And I realized that one difference is that they've had fewer deadlines than they were used to. Students have one due date now, the boss battle at the end of the level, and we're learning the material for that boss battle for about three to four weeks. Since we have less deadlines than they previously had, they did not feel the urgency to study their vocabulary until the night before the big boss battle. That doesn't really work. So I've decided that I will incorporate a mini boss battle as well as the big boss battle. A mini boss battle will have the same rules as the regular boss battle in that students will have to reach the minimum mastery standard of 75% that I have in my classroom before they can move on. However, the mini boss battle will be an easier quiz. Just something to encourage the students to study vocabulary before the big boss battle. While the big boss battle has students reading and translating Spanish paragraphs, the mini boss battle might be matching or fill in the blank. I think this shift to include some mini boss battles will help my students see the importance of studying their vocabulary early and regularly and not wait until the last moment to cram. Now teachers, it's time to heed the call of the quest. Get ready and gear up. Your master teacher quest is here, only for those bold enough and brave enough to try. Your master teacher quest for this week is to take a look at the balance of fun and academic expectations in your classroom to see if your balance needs some improvement. Have you become like Charlie Brown's teacher with no ability to connect to your students and students can barely stay awake while you're talking in your class? Or maybe your classroom is so much fun that students struggle to achieve the academic standards required for the course. Take a look at your classroom, find your balance, and see what you can do to both make your classroom more fun and have higher academic standards. And if you're feeling overwhelmed, just keep in mind, I'm here to help you out. Just reach out. And there you have it. Now that you know the importance of both fun and high academic standards in the classroom and their impact on student motivation, I hope you can use this information to start thinking in the context of mastery gamification and how to use it to provide the time, motivation, and support your students need to succeed. Until next time, remember, empowered teachers empower students, and empowered students learn. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Classroom Quest K-12 and I hope it inspires you to level up the learning in your classroom. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave me a rating and review wherever you listen. It really helps me out. And if you want to schedule a meeting with me to see how we can customize the mastery gamification methodology to your grade and curriculum, find me at my Facebook, Instagram, or my website at seagrowstrategies.com. I'd love to help you level up your classroom and help you turn your students into classroom heroes. 
Thanks again for listening. I'll see you next time.